Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, which happens to be an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. Well, I'm Jen Jewell, the host of this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new episode into your earbuds every other Tuesday. And I love every other Tuesday because even though I'm obviously there for the recordings, it's different to show up as a true listener without the production distractions and just be ready for God to speak to my heart through each and every guest. Y'all, we are partnered with the women of my church, Life Church, as well as the bold and courageous ladies from all over who willingly offer a piece of their own unique story so that we might remember what matters most. We all need a place to come as we are, kick off our shoes, and take a deep breath of truth and encouragement. We all need those day after day after day reminders that God is good, God is sovereign, and He really is so much bigger and better than we can even begin to fathom. So you've probably heard an overly popular verse from Proverbs 31. It says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So maybe it's hand-lettered on your wall or coffee cup or scribbled onto your bathroom mirror. Hey, I'll be the first to admit, verses like this one, deemed pink, can start to become white noise. Yeah, 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 we got it. But it's from God's Word, and I think it deserves a closer look. And let me just point out, there is superficial beauty and there's true beauty. There's superficial faith and there's true faith. Guys, there is a difference, and we get to choose what we are all about. So listen, get ready, because here to chat with me about our culturally addictive obsession with people-pleasing, performing for approval, and the endless and empty pursuit of perfection is a former professional model, wife, girl mom, ministry leader, and author, Katrina McCain. Katrina's had more than her fair share of living this superficial life, so she knows all about those appealing yet hollow deceptions. They are fleeting, and they do fade, but sometimes we still forget So she's been there, she's done that, and has tons of wisdom to offer us now on the other side. So I promise you won't regret it. Grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join me for a chat with Katrina. Well, hello, Katrina, and welcome to The Messy Table. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So for those who are listening, we are actually doing this call via Skype or on a video call because she lives in North Carolina. Yes. And I'm in Oklahoma, and I wish you guys could have just seen her pregame dance. Like, all right, <laughs> we got this. Here we go. <laughs> and by we got this, we mean God's got this. Yes, he does. Well, we all just want the scoop on you. So if you would take a minute and give us a little peek into your life. Tell us all the things. Like all the things, past, present, future, my whole story. Sure. Well, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I just recently moved back home. I didn't move too far away. I was in Greensboro for what should have been one year, ended up being five years. (laughs) And the Lord opened up the doors for my husband and I and our two little girls to move back to Charlotte. And so very happy to be back home. So I am married and I have uh, two daughters, Kaylin, who's four, and Jail, who is uh, just turned 20 months old. Uh. Um, And prior to my mom slash wife life. <laughs> I modeled professionally for uh, nine years. Dang, girl. Yeah, I did that. Traveled a lot. Met a lot of different kinds of people. Saw a lot of different kinds of things. Um, and I retired um, almost four years ago. <laughs> I retired. Yeah, That's I retired. amazing to be able to say that in your 30s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's like a whole nother life that just doesn't even seem connected to the life that I'm living now. However, a year ago, some doors opened up for me to start coaching emerging models. So I do that in my spare time. So I still kind of have my foot in the fashion industry door life. But I'm really enjoying my mom and wife life. And so I'm thankful I work for my church. So I'm learning a lot about ministry. And uh, I'm just I'm just thankful for the season God has me in now. I love it. So I want to go back to a couple things. First, you have two girls yeah. that are young. Like, how are you surviving? And you're working. You're doing all the things. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. What are your secrets? Tell us. Oh, uh, yeah. I just make it to five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> is that when daddy comes home? Yes, exactly. So I don't know. Every day is a girl day. You know, it's funny because because I'm so girly. I just 
thought I would have boys. And I was excited about the idea of having boys. And when they told us Kaylin was a girl, I thought, oh, my word, like, how did this happen? <laughs> and then when they told us JL was a girl, I thought, I'm going to be in women's ministry my whole life. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't feel adequate to raise two women. Um, but every day is a journey and a challenge. And I mean, they're the extremes of me. So Kaylin is very like, oh, everything is terrible and everything's going wrong. And, you know, she's just very melodramatic. Drama. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You know, the sky's always falling and, you know, everything is just so big all the time, even when it's not. And then Jail, her name means heroine of God. And this child wakes up ready to fight. I mean, she's like, <laughs> let's call the troops. Who did it? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so between Kaylin's happy tears and melodramatic tears and jail trying to run the world, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But I'm learning a lot about patience with both of them. And they're just sweet and fun. And I'm honored to be their mommy. Yeah. Sweet and spicy. It's a challenge for all of us, you know? Yeah. Parenting is no walk in the park. No. Okay. And then you were a professional model. I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around that because in nowhere in my life have those words even come close to coming out of my mouth. So that sounds so fancy. It's not. (laughs) It sounds fancy, but it's not. Um, But yeah, it wasn't anything. You know, a lot of people say, well, how did you know, how did you start? How did you like accomplish that goal? And it it wasn't a goal for me. It Mm -hmm. just kind of happened. I guess just a long story short in the 90s. There are a lot of new banks that opened up in Charlotte. And so new banking brought a lot of New Yorkers to Charlotte and New Yorkers bring fashion. Mm. And so we just kind of had this this huge fashion scene blow up in Charlotte in the mid to late 90s. And I kind of got caught up in that on accident. Mm -hmm. Um, just because, you know, it's like, oh, you're thin, you're tall, you should do this. And beautiful, I will add. Well, thank you. And how tall thank are you. you? I'm 5'10", barefoot. Barefoot. So, <laughs> yeah, barefoot. barefoot. So, um, so that's what happened with that. And, you know, I'm not athletic and I, you know, I don't draw. I'm not, so I didn't really have a known talent. So it was one of those like, okay, I'll try it, I guess. And just happenstance I was in the right place at the right time and there were some agents from Wilhelmina who happened to see me and they offered me a contract on the spot so it wasn't something that I was working towards it just kind of came to me Mm -hmm. at that moment and I, I walked in it and that kind of started a new trajectory and a new path that I really wasn't anticipating. But mm-hmm. so what was fun about that world? I think the traveling and meeting different kinds of people, mm-hmm. um, being in a very high energy type environment all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exciting, but very draining, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, that was probably like wonderful. The best time of your life. It was fun, but it was very tiring, very emotionally draining. I mean, think about people touching you all the time. I mean, you have somebody touching your hair, touching your body, putting clothes on, taking clothes off of you, sewing clothes onto you. Oh, gosh. um, In your face, doing your makeup, taking off your makeup, all of this happening simultaneously. And then they're all talking on top of that, talking to you, talking to each other. I mean, it's just very fast and loud Mm -hmm. and chaotic and crazy. I loved it, but I don't miss it. (laughs) So in the model world, what was one of your favorite accomplishments? Like some cover you were on or something like that? Oh, that's a good question. I was able to grace the pages of Vogue Italia. And that was really exciting especially because it was three months before I knew I was even in the magazine. Oh, that's funny. So the magazine had published and was out and circulating, and I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> I love and, it. And, um, yeah, so I ended up finding out super late, and unfortunately, I'd never got an actual issue. I never got one because they were gone we're by the time I found out about it. it. I know, you. but I did get the page. So I have the page with the logo on it, Um but unfortunately not the actual magazine. So I can imagine that modeling as a career came with its own set of challenges. 
Of course. Like, was it hard to not get wrapped up in that quest for perfection and mm-hmm. kind of striving to be amazing all the time? Because, of course, yeah. well, first of all, we all kind of want that, right? Like, we all mm-hmm. want to be great. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that that was kind of enhanced in that world. Yeah. You know, I tell the girls that come to me now for coaching, it's very sobering, but it's something that we have to deal with. You know, you have to deal with truth. And the truth is, is that fashion is the only industry where it's legal to discriminate. Mm. And you've got to understand, you have to be prepared for how that's going to affect you, how it's going to affect what you see in the mirror, how it's going to affect the way you see other people around you. And so it's very emotional, you know, and an industry that says they don't have time for emotions. We don't have time for tears, honey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is what you hear a lot. But it is very emotional. And unfortunately, a lot of us walk into that industry unprepared. Mm -hmm. We don't realize how taxing it is on your heart, Mm -hmm. on your emotions, on your self-esteem and self-perspective. And how it even changes the way you see other people. Mm. I mean, if the standard is to be the most beautiful in the room, that affects how you see, you know, the quote unquote average person. I mean, we're all average people. And that's an ever changing standard. Exactly. And you can't live up to it because what's gorgeous today isn't gorgeous in two hours. Mm -hmm. It's always changing and you can't ever keep up. Well, and it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like. Who's to say what is gorgeous or who is the most gorgeous in the room or what is perfection? Oh, exactly. Like if you have a day of go-sees, which is like an audition, let's say you have four in one day. Well, all four of those designers or photographers or directors, they're all looking for something different. So if the one at two o'clock absolutely loved you, it's not uncommon for the one at 315 to absolutely hate you, you know? And so you're left with, those conflicting opinions, Mm -hmm. you have to make your own opinion of yourself. You have to, because, you know, what I fell prey to, and a lot of us fall prey to is people pleasing Mm. and you can't please everybody, you know, because you're at the mercy of somebody else's perspective. Mm -hmm. So you've got to learn how to have peace in who you are. And that's something that Jesus definitely brought to my heart is that he's the one making me, he's the one perfecting me, he's the one creating me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what other people say outside of him. Mm -hmm. I have to hold tight that he loves me and that he calls me beautiful. It doesn't matter what other people's opinion is of me. And that's a hard lesson to learn when you're always hearing different comments and different opinions of you, about you, to you all the time. No kidding. Well, it makes me think of that verse in Galatians. Am I trying to please God or am I trying to please man? Mm -hmm. And gosh, is this not a word for our modern age today? I mean, yeah, we're talking about your past career in modeling, but let's talk about social media right now today. Like it is a constant challenge. And I think for the most of us, we have at least somewhat pure hearts going into it. Like, hey, I want to see what my friends and my family members have going on. And and I want to keep track of these memories with my family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of it it's not bad. Like we want to be happy for others and we want to cheer other people on, but then there can be this striving for perfection or this striving to just get it all right, to have it all together, to do all the things, to be at all the things. I think that's something that permeates our culture. Yeah, it really does. I know there's a scripture that talks about how contentment is great gain. And I think in our culture, we're taught not to be content, you know, get more, be the best, go bigger, go harder. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that alongside of other people trying to do the same thing, what happens? Someone gets stepped on. Right. You know, because if it's all about what I can get and what I can be and what I can do, it's really hard to love your neighbor as yourself or consider other people's needs, you know, or walk in humility. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, whether you're in fashion like I was or if you're in corporate America, even if you choose to stay home and raise your children, which I did that for a little while as well. If you aren't content with where God has you, what God is doing in you, we're all susceptible to that rat race, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no rest in that. No, there's no rest. There's no peace in that. Right, right. There's no uh, what's the message version say? It talks about the rhythms of grace, mm-hmm. I think is what it said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're trying to just please 
people Mm -hmm. or keep up with the Joneses or whatever the saying is, Mm -hmm. then, you know, we're not walking in those rhythms of grace that says, Hey, we're in this together. And it's not a competition and it's not a comparison. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious now that you're in more of a coaching role because you're still in that world a little bit. Yeah. How is it that you train up these new models coming up? What are some things you really want them to know that's beyond their looks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I want them to know is that the decisions you make today affect you. Maybe not tomorrow, but they will have ramifications. You know, my mother always says, you can make your choices, but you can't choose your consequences. Mm. Right. And it's like, you know, when you're 17, it's like hashtag eye roll, like, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, you know, (laughs) but now that like I'm older and I've lived a little and I've endured some consequences, it's like, wow, like ma, like you knew exactly what you're talking about. And I find myself saying that a lot to these girls, like, you know, okay, you can do that if that's what you want to do. But let's consider how this might affect you next year. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, okay, someone is suggesting that you get something changed or quote unquote fixed. Okay. But how will that affect you Mm. once this career is over? Because this career will be over. I mean, average model has about a 10-year window. So what happens after 10 years are over? What happens after five years are over? Mm-hmm. What happens? We've got to think long-term. We can't just think moment to moment. So I have that conversation with a lot of them because a lot of them do have a pressure to change or quote-unquote enhance and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then I also try to encourage them, like, you need to learn how to celebrate yourself. Because when someone tells you you're not the look, you're not what they want, you need to be able to walk out of that room with your head held high, Mm -hmm. go in the bathroom, look yourself in the mirror and remind yourself about how wonderful you are. Right. Exactly. Because it's so easy for people to just tear you down because Mm -hmm. in that moment, you're a commodity. You're not a person. Mm. Right. Is this body going to make my line look great? Is this body going to make my brand look great? And they talk to you that way. Mm. So you have to be able to celebrate yourself and be okay with their no's, knowing that their no does not define who you are. Right. So when you're thinking about how God designed you, you know, wonderfully and perfectly, what was going through your mind or is going through your mind as you're coaching these girls? Yeah. Or when you're parenting, you know, because sometimes I think, am I telling myself the same thing I'm going to tell my daughter? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, what's something that you love? Let's talk about that. You know, that's pretty much how I start every first session I have. What do you love about yourself? What is special about you? You've got to know that before you start. Yeah. Because if you don't know that beforehand, you're going to start questioning so much. So building that firm foundation of who am I, my identity. And, you know, as Christians, our identity is in Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? Because age is going to happen. Wrinkles are going to happen. Gray hair is going to happen. Exactly. These aren't ifs. These are when. Like when this happens, when that happens, it's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, what did Jesus say? Don't worry, I've overcome the world. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, he wasn't talking about wrinkles. Even wrinkles. Yeah. And sunspots. I've started getting these little sunspots showing up. And I'm like, what on earth is happening here? Oh, girl, those aren't sunspots. Those are freckles. (laughs) That's right. They're big freckles. (laughs) freckles. (laughs) That's a good thing. I'm going to say that. (laughs) So do you feel like there's a really great opportunity though to be a light in the world of fashion? Yeah, definitely. Because we live in a culture that is honestly, Christianity is counterculture. You know, our culture is not interested in loving their neighbor as themselves or doing good to those who hurt them or keeping God first. That's not what they're interested in. And so I would be lying to say that I don't sometimes have hesitation. And sometimes in my mind, as I'm talking, I'm praying in my head, like, Lord, if you want me to say something, please open up a door because Mm -hmm. I don't know how to witness effectively in this moment. So please, like, I feel like I want to speak into her life. Please open up a door. And I can tell you, sometimes he really does. Mm -hmm. In fact, just two weeks ago, I talked with someone. She's so sweet and precious, but she's having such a very difficult time because she's a little shorter. And so she's getting a lot of doors closed in her face. Man, I would get some doors slammed in my five foot four (laughs) face. (laughs) Oh, well, she's five eight. I love how you said, oh, yeah, bless your heart. (laughs) But I did. I was just like, Lord, like, 
I don't know how to help her without sharing scripture with her. So you're, please open up the door so I can say something. And he did. And I just reminded her about how my minister was talking a couple of weeks ago about how everybody wants to be on the mountaintop, but fruit grows in the valley. Mm. And so, and I just told her, I said, you know, you're in some low moments and you're feeling very discouraged. And I said, but these are the times where Christ can shape you and prepare you for those you know, quote unquote, successes that you're hoping for. Right. But sometimes the preparation happens in the low ground. So true. So that we can actually appreciate the high ground when we get there. Right. And she gave me the biggest hug and I just thought, oh God, I'm so happy that I'm able to, well, that you are are allowing me to share you Mm -hmm. in an industry that just does not acknowledge you at all. Yeah. A great need Mm -hmm. there for sure. So you're Mm -hmm. talking about the valleys and how fruit grows there, even though sometimes there can be some more difficulties there, or Mm -hmm. it might not be as um, panoramic views, right? Yeah, What about for you in your life when life has been a little messier, but, you know, still God's been faithful? Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a lot of messes to talk about in my life. Um, I think, though, in the current season that I'm in, so I still have this notion to people, please. And not necessarily because I just, you know, want to be the life of the party or anything like that. But people's opinions and their feelings mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure that I'm handling my friendships carefully. I want to make sure I'm properly investing and my relationships. And so, you know, at the end of the day, if someone is happy with me, that means a lot because to me, it says I've done a good job as a friend, as a mom, as a daughter, as an employee, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have come across some instances where I've done the best that I can do and I still disappoint, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has happened to me through a few friendships, you know, over the course of, I guess, the last five or six years. And that can be very messy because then you start asking the, what didn't I do? What could I have done? Um, What can I do to fix things? You know, and it becomes very self-serving. Like, what am I doing? What am I not doing? What can I do? Me, 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 me kind of a thing. So where I am in this season of my life, I'm just praying and asking the Lord to teach me. And I'm trying so hard to just soak it in and learn that, you know, people come, people go, seasons change, but. Christ is our constant. He's my constant. And that even on my worst day, he loves me just as much as he loves me on my best day. And that not everybody's going to understand me. Not everybody is going to understand my intentions, you know, because we're all different people. We have different perspectives. We have different personal histories that all play a part into our relationships and even into, you know, different results and conversations and all of that. But Jesus understands, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I love the scripture that talks about how he intercedes for us and that we have a high priest who empathizes with our weaknesses. So Jesus knows me. And even though I want to be known so well with my family, my friends, they're not always going to get me. Right. But I have to learn to just be okay with that, you know, knowing that like, I'm going to give it to God, lay it at his feet, and he will take care of everything. And it might not turn out the way I want it to, but I'm learning to be okay with that. And I think that's kind of helping subside my anxieties of people pleasing Mm -hmm. and just giving me more of a confidence to just live out the life that God is calling me to live out. You know, just running on mission, being more mission minded that my mission is to love and to love like Jesus. And whatever happens after that, he's going to take care of it. Right. You said something about being misunderstood. And I think that's one of my greatest pet peeves, or maybe that's not the right word, but I hate being misunderstood. Like I want to over explain myself, like mm-hmm. here's my you know reason behind this. And again, yes, I think to an extent that's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about people pleasing. I think it's kind of like the whole money thing. Like money's not bad in itself, but it's the love of money. Right. I think trying to, you know, be respectful to people and trying to honor them and trying to be sure that, you know, that we communicate well, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But it's the love of people's opinions. Like they need to love me. And that's where we get off. Mm -hmm. Because I even think of when Paul talks about becoming all things to all people so that all might be saved so he can win over as many as possible for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's okay to get in people's world, but it's not 
worshiping other people's opinions of me or if they don't like me just becoming so distraught Mm -hmm. and not staying on mission because I'm heartbroken. Yeah, Yeah. because I'm devastated because I think if we're to use truth, you know, the foundation of all of that is self. I'm needing you to create the identity for me that I want and I'm needing you to validate that. Right. And when you don't validate it, then I'm just devastated. And I know I certainly have moments in my life where that was the case. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it. Like looking back, you know, I can see how that was definitely a weak area Mm -hmm. in my life and my spiritual growth, you know, that I needed people to validate me. So how do you find freedom from that? Jesus, he validates me, right? His love validates me. And it's a lot easier to say that, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like when you're in the midst of, like you said, a misunderstanding or a disagreement and you're just fighting so hard to just salvage the relationship and you're trying so hard to come out essentially the good guy. That's very hard to do. But when it's all said and done, it's like, all right, was I truthful? Was I kind? Was I loving? Mm -hmm. And did I honor Jesus with what I did or with what I said? Mm -hmm. And if we can say yes to that, nothing else really matters. Right. And I think it's going to take grace. Like, you know, obviously we would have nothing without the life and forgiveness and grace of Jesus. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the same thing in any of our relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, people are going to hurt us and we're going to hurt people. And if we don't implement grace at all, we're in trouble. Yeah. So true. You know, it's not going to work. Your relationships are not going to work. Because we all need grace. We're always always going to find ourselves at some point in our lives in the seat of needing grace. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be so willing to extend grace to others. Because one day we're definitely going to need it from others. Right. So I know you've told me before that even though you grew up in a Christian home, Mm -hmm. it was pretty superficial until later in your life. So will you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, girl, let's see here. So, you know, you go to church. My father's a minister, so I spent probably five days a week in church. (laughs) And you have your little checklist, right? Like, especially like as you get older and you're maturing and you're noticing your peers making different decisions. It's like, oh, I don't do that. And I don't do that. And I don't say that. And I would never do that. And, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, oh, I'm doing great over here, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I wasn't Get a, a Christian. Gold star, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And from Jesus too, girl. Maybe <laughs> even a piece of candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I had this secret little checklist that I was always checking all the time. And that was my Christianity. And I I really thought I was saved. I knew the scriptures, right? And I went to church regularly. I would bring my friends to church, you know, um, that kind of thing. I knew that I had some bad, quote unquote, habits, you know, but that wasn't sin because it wasn't on my checklist. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so as I got more and more involved in the fashion world, started making more and more compromises, um, particularly with partying. Right. Because at first I would just go to the parties and then I started throwing parties. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I would start buying liquor and alcohol. Now I never drank it, but I was allowing other people to do that. So I was encouraging people to abuse alcohol, um, you know, that kind of a thing. But, you know, it's like, well, I'm not doing it, so it's okay. And so just making these these compromises for the sake of friendship, mm-hmm. for the sake of not being lonely, that kind of a thing. And that's when I, st- you know, you come to a point where you start questioning yourself, like, if I'm really a Christian, why am I doing this? If I'm really a Christian, why am I participating in things just enough to get to the edge, mm. but not maybe crossing over? Mm-hmm. Which is a little more legalistic, which exactly I can totally relate with. Yeah. It's like, why am I so comfortable mm-hmm. entertaining these things that I know mm. I would not want Jesus to be a part of? You yeah, know, that's such a good way to say it. We entertain things yeah. that maybe aren't pleasing to God, but oh, we're not actually crossing the, the line. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I mean, it's still disobedience, mm-hmm. you know. I'm tolerating sin in my life and I'm encouraging other people to participate. That is sinful. 
that's not giving God glory at all. And I just had to look myself in the mirror one day. Well, not that I had to, you know, my decisions forced me to. And I just realized like, I am not living for Jesus Mm. at all. What was the turning point? The turning point for me was um, a relationship that I was in that I had no business in. You know, he was the life of the party. He was the guy everybody wanted to be friends with. But he was just not healthy for me at all, at all. And his friends were not healthy for him. And he got caught up in something and he died. Wow. He died. I I saw him that morning and he was gone within, within a few hours. Just unexpectedly. Yeah. He's just gone. And what do you do with that? What do you do? Yeah. Because, you know, the parties you went to, you saw the things he was doing. You saw the things he was buying and you didn't say anything. I didn't say anything at all. And so it's like, why didn't you talk to him about Jesus? Why why didn't you try to witness to him? Why? And the reason why was because I wasn't following Jesus myself. Mm. Why would I witness to someone when I'm not even following Christ? Why would I do that? And those are hard questions that I had to ask because I was searching for an answer. And the Holy Spirit used that to just show me like life is real. Like like wake up. Yeah, wake up. Because I could have been in the car with him. Mm. I mean, I could have been. Why wasn't I in the car too? You know, Um And so that's something, you know, you can't smile your way out of that one. No. You know, someone is gone and they're not coming back. Yeah. Life will get real and sneak up on us and bite us at times. And then it's like, what do I do with this? Oh, yeah. And just the guilt and the regret and the shame Mm. that I carried for a long time, you know, but that kept me on my knees. And the Lord has definitely just healed me and freed me of that. Mm -hmm. But it was a long journey between... Christopher and my husband, Jarrett, mm-hmm. is a very long journey of healing. Um, but the Lord used that. He really did to just bring me closer to him. Mm-hmm. He used it and he also doesn't want to waste it. Exactly. And he won't waste it. So true. Goodness. So that was kind of the switch for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was. What happened next? Oh, goodness. So <laughs> I know we haven't talked about it yet, but in my book, I have a whole chapter on this and it's um, called Bathroom Prayers. So literally I was just trying to really just stuff my sorrow and my pain and my mourning really, because I was in mourning, very deep mourning. And, um, I remember I was getting ready for a party and I knew I shouldn't be going, but I didn't know what else to do. Right. It was like a Saturday night or something. And I was putting on my makeup and I kept crying. So he was like, oh, got to start all over again, right? Have eyeliner everywhere. <laughs> so I was just going through this process of trying to get ready for this party that I did not want to go to. Mm. But I didn't know what else to do with my life, you know? And that's when I was like, God, like, where are you? Like, why did this happen? What? What? Why did you let this happen? Where were you? Where were you? And I'm, I'm not kidding, Jen. It was just this teeny, tiny, tiny little answer in my heart. And the Lord said, I was with you. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, Mm. like the prodigal son. But the father was still waiting, like the father was still calling my name. And I remember just saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, forgive me. And I just hashed it all out. This is what I've been doing. This is what I've been talking about doing. These have been my plans. I've been hiding this from my mother. I've been hiding this from my father. Just dumping it all out. And I just said, Lord, I need you to save me. I do. I need you to save me. I know I'm wrong. I know I'm a sinner. Please save me. And I know that he did save me. I know that he did. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Jen, I didn't know what to do after that moment when the, you know, the tears stop and it's just silent. I don't know what to do. So I put my shoes back on and I went to that party. Oh, my God. (laughs) I did. I did. And but see, when I look back, you know. Coming to Jesus is a journey, and it's not something where it's just like, bam, mm-hmm. like you're clean, you're We're all you're in perfect. <laughs> exactly, we're all in process, and so that was the first step of my process with the Lord and the Holy Spirit. The more I started reading my Bible and praying and really seeking His Word, not just attending church and sitting on a pew, mm-hmm. but really like joining Bible studies, talking with older Christians, older women in the faith 
just really just opening up my heart, like, God, like, I want you to grow in me. And he started showing me, like, okay, this doesn't please me, so you need to stop this. These people are not encouraging you to live a life for me, mm. so love them, mm-hmm. but you don't need to be participating with just them anymore. Just chipping away you know? your old self. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That reminds me so much of, uh, we had a gal on, a friend of mine, Shanna Crawford, who talked about how she used to be in the sex industry, mm. in the entertainment business, and how when she finally came to Christ, grew up in a really dysfunctional circumstance, but that she kept going back to these strip clubs and stripping for a while, yeah, you know, while reading her Bible. And as Christ began to grow and she began to learn more and more and just, you know, so much more of that sanctification started happening Mm -hmm. and eventually she left. And so, yeah, I think it's a good point that you made that we're all in process and we're all on a journey. And that's why we need to goodness have so much more grace for each other than we do because it's like, yeah, we all need so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. And I think, too, the grace is so important because, yeah, there are things that outwardly we see that aren't right. Like mm-hmm. in your friend's case, going to the strip club, in my case, you know, entertaining parties that were just not godly, you know. But then there are also those secret sins the Bible talks about, those sins that nobody can see, like like pride like selfishness, like deception, those kinds of things. So, you know, we can look clean on the outside, Mm -hmm. but it's the heart that matters to God. And that's such a big deal, too, because you think Satan fell from heaven because of his pride and because he wanted to be above God. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So whether we're doing things or entertaining thoughts or feelings, it's all sin. Mm -hmm. And so we do need to have grace for one another. We really do. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is so interesting about your story, especially growing up in the church and hearing these things your whole life, it's like we can have a head knowledge, but mm-hmm. unless it really seeps into our heart and really to every part of our being, mm-hmm. it, it is going to be fake or it is going to be superficial. And, yeah. you know, David Platt says something that always comes to my mind. He says something like that we were created for far more than a comfortable spin on the American dream. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And yet I think so many of us in the Christian world can start to think that, again, that comfortable spin on the American dream, that that's the goal. Mm-hmm. And it's just not. It's not. It's not. This this world is not our home. We're of a different kingdom. We're of a different culture. Mm-hmm. We're of the Christ culture, Christ-centered culture. And it's going to look different. Right. And it's not. It has fulfillment beyond this world mm-hmm. because we hear it all the time. These people who have success and they have it all, but they're empty, Mm -hmm. right? They're empty and they're lonely and they're still looking for more, right? Right. But when we come to Christ, there's nothing more to look for. He just begins to fill Mm -hmm. us. And did that happen to you? Oh, yeah. And everything that I felt like I was losing or afraid to lose, he replaced it. Mm. So, Like even desires? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So like my friendships that I was working so hard to keep, right? He replaced them with friends that I don't have to work for. They just love me. Mm -hmm. They don't care what I can buy them or what, where I can take them or they don't care about that. You know, they just want to have tea and coffee (laughs) (laughs) and they don't care that I snort when I laugh. Like, I mean, they just love me for the person that God is creating me to be. Mm -hmm. And they celebrate me, you know, and I have a husband we were dating. He didn't try to push my limits. He didn't try to see, you know, he, he was very respectful, very patient with me. He was there to encourage me. He didn't make fun of me or or try to parade me around. Mm-hmm. Right. He didn't introduce me as the model. He introduced <laughs> me as Katrina, mm-hmm. you know, and that meant a lot because I didn't always have that. I was always introduced for what I did instead of who I was. Mm-hmm. And so with Jared, that was a very big difference, you know, dating a Christian man versus a worldly man who, you know, wanted a trophy and wanted to show me off. Mm -hmm. So God definitely just replaced all my efforts with all his gifts. I love that. And our efforts are so ridiculous, aren't they? Mm -hmm. I mean, we think that we have so much to bring before God, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, gosh, I would rather his gifts than my 
attempts at giving him my gifts. Yeah. So someone in your shoes right now, what would you say to them as far as what you've learned or what God's taught you, what he's still teaching you? Mm -hmm. That perfection is his work. It's not a requirement. So we don't have to bring our perfect selves to God. You know, you hear a lot of people say, you know, I've got to get some things worked out before Mm -hmm. I come to God or I need to figure some things out. No, you don't. Just bring it all to him. I mean, he sees it anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's not anything that he's unaware of. There's no real hiding. It's kind of No, not at all. Yeah. He sees all the mess. And he loves us in spite of it. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to trust him with our mess. He wants us to trust him with our brokenness and just lay all at his feet. And he promises, like in the Old Testament, he prom- he says, I will give you beauty in exchange for your ashes. Mm. Who else says that? True beauty. Yes, true beauty. And the true beauty is the love of Christ that covers everything. Mm-hmm. And it makes all the difference. Right. So now that you are truly a believer, a Christian, and he's been doing this work in you, I guess, how do you move forward into, you know, once people do become a new creation in Christ, then there can be this whole new form of earning and striving, you know, let's do this for God. Mm-hmm. What's your perspective on that now? Um, I think now it's more so like, like I'm not performing. Mm-hmm. For Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not auditioning for the Lord. (laughs) He gives me jobs to do, but my doing those jobs isn't on me. It's on him to bring those things to pass. All I have to do is be obedient and willing. I love that. Yeah. So that's the difference. We're not trying to change his mind about us. (laughs) Yeah. If anything, you know, the Holy Spirit is renewing our mind about our Heavenly Father. Right. Every single day, girl. Every day. Every single day. Exactly. Because it's like even on your worst day, you're just like, Lord, how can you even stand me? He's just like, I do because I gave you my son and I see him in you, Mm -hmm. you know. So I hear you saying that really surrender is essential if we're going to end this constant cycle of striving. Yeah. Surrender and trust, you know, remember like, um, what does first Timothy three sixteen say? It says that every word is God breathed. Mm. So what's in this Bible is the truth. And once we accept that and really start living that out, we find freedom because a lot of time, I mean, disobedience is just distrust, right? Like, I don't believe what you're saying, so I'm going to do it my way. Or I'm going to take someone else's advice over your advice or over your commandments, God, because I don't believe you is really what we're saying. So if we can just trust the Lord, trust that he has good things for us, trust that his ways are better than our ways Mm -hmm. and his results are eternal, whereas our results are temporary. I want to live in the eternal. I want to build up treasures in heaven, Mm -hmm. not just temporary things that someone else can come and destroy or overtake or anything like that. What he gives us lasts forever. And so we can trust that. And as we trust that, we begin to move and operate in the freedom of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We get to see those fruits just abounding in our lives and pouring over into the lives of others. That's good. But it's him in us. And we are, yes, willing participants, but it's him. It's Mm -hmm. him doing these things and opening these doors. Yeah, it's all his work. We just have to trust him as he does it. That's good. So what does all this mean now as, you know, you're a wife, you're a mom of two girls, you're working at your church in this season. How does that practically play out for you? Okay. So just trusting God, it definitely just gives me more of a direction to go when I'm making decisions as opposed to like making decisions off of popular opinion or my personal feelings that. I'm going to tell you are up and down. Hmm. I'm a very emotional person (laughs) and I'm extreme. I'm either very happy or I'm really not. And so I just like the pendulum kind of swings for me in terms of my emotions. But, you know, the scriptures say that his word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And that's so true for me because when I come to these moments, when I come to them often in my mothering, like what am I supposed to do? Like <laughs> I ask that all the time. What am I supposed to do right now? Yeah. It's like, okay, what, what is my four-year-old doing? Yeah. What is your four-year-old doing? Yeah. What, what are their four-year-olds doing? Mm-hmm. Should mine be doing what they're doing? Right. You know, are they keeping and instead up? Instead of mm-hmm. like 
Yes, exactly. And just like, you know, just perpetuating this uncertainty, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, okay, Lord, I know that you want me to raise them up to know you. So how can I include you in their day? Right. Or then like with my husband, you know, how do I love him like Jesus in this moment? You know, like and I, I literally ask myself these questions like in my head and just the Holy Spirit is he just speaks to me and in my thought patterns, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, he'll just impress something on my heart. But trusting him invites him to be present in my present moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely see that happening. And I hear it happening in the lives of other people. And I'm just so thankful to have that relationship with the Lord where he is moving and he's active because I need him every day. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I want to hear about whatever resources that you might love and can't get enough of. I know that you actually did write a book. So tell us about that and then whatever else you want to pass on. Okay. So I did write a book a year ago. It's called Beyond Being Good, um, Seeking Christ's Perfection for Our Imperfect Hearts. Mm. And so the book, it talks a little bit about my fashion career and some of the personal mistakes and journey that I experienced as I was learning about the Lord. Um, But really, it's an encouragement that you do not have to create your perfection and lay it at Jesus' feet because you can't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we can all breathe a sigh of relief and not worry about that and have that pressure. Yeah. Um, But that Christ is perfecting us through his perfect love. So it's not about our efforts. It's about his gift. It's about his grace. And it's about all the provisions that he made possible for us through his death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. I talk about dating, marriage, uh, talk about friendships and um, self-image, just all the things that our culture tells us needs to be perfect in order for us to have value. Mm -hmm. Um, And I talk about how, no, no, like we're valuable because Christ has put his value on us. Mm -hmm. And this is how we can live that out without the stress of our personal perfection. Um, so that's what that book is about. That's good. And Say that again. We can't create our own perfection and lay it at his feet. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's good. And I think we can all relate to that because if someone's listening right now and maybe they're in corporate America, just out there striving and, you know, shaking things up and climbing the corporate ladder and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're a mama who's out there wiping booties and refilling sippy cups, <laughs> or maybe you are in the fashion industry or you're a model or you're a college student or whatever the category, we can all struggle with these things and find ourselves trying to, like you said, kind of construct our own perfection to give to God. And that's not what he's after. Mm -mm. No, not at all. Not at all. Right. He's, he is after himself. Mm. He is after seeing his son flourishing and growing and multiplying in our lives. And that only comes from Jesus. It does. So we can kind of rest in that. Yes. Thank God we can rest in that. We can rest in his perfection. Yeah, exactly. Because look, it's hard getting wrinkles out here (laughs) trying to be perfect. That's right. They're coming. They're inevitable. Opposite effect. Right. Yeah. Unless your whole face is full of Botox, but I don't know. No comment on that. Mine isn't. Mine's not. Mine's not either. (laughs) Okay, so we'll link that up in the conversation notes. But where can people find your book if they want to get it? Um, You can find my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and also ChristianBook.com. Okay, so any other resources you want to share? Okay, so this is silly, but I just discovered Elf Eyeliner. I know it sounds so silly, but I've never actually... Like from Target? Yes. I've never ever shopped Elf before. I usually get more pricey makeup. Mm -hmm. But the eyeliner that I used to buy, they don't sell it anymore in Sephora. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I saw this Elf. It was just random. And my my daughter picked it up. And I'm like, honey, put that back. You know, you're going through that struggle with a (laughs) four-year-old. Right. Anytime you're at the store, they want everything. Exactly. And I'm like, no, honey, put that back. We don't need that. And she was like, what is it? And I read it. And I said, oh, it's eyeliner. I thought, I'll give it a try. I love it. So that's like my new thing. Okay. <laughs> like it's an elf. It's um a liquid eyeliner. That's my new thing. I'm going to try it now. And Next time I'm at Target, because you know Target will just suck you in. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't it? And kale. I put kale in everything. I put in my eggs. Oh, okay. 
Nice. It's God's little garden gift to me. Do you put it in smoothies as well? I do smoothies. And I started, speaking of garden, my husband got me an arrow garden, which is like an in-home herb garden. Oh, are those, is it like baskets, hanging baskets? No, it's like a machine and I, you can put it <laughs> on your, it's like a machine. You put it on your countertop and it's got a, like a LED light and it's got the little like whole pods mm-hmm. and you put it in and then you put the little like plant food in and it's just like grows. What are you growing? It took me two weeks and I had like a huge bush. I have <laughs> dill. I have mint, thyme, dill, parsley. Okay. So all spices. And two different kinds of basil. All the spices, all the spices. in my arrow garden. Nice. So that's my thing right now. I'm going to Google it. You should. It'll change your life. Okay. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. It's changed mine. So <laughs> I love it. Well, one of my best friends actually has a big farm just down the road where she grows all kinds of stuff. She's like a cool, wow. cute, hippie farmer girl. But mm, I admire that. I really do. <laughs> that's awesome. Does she have a cow? Uh, she does have some cows. Yes. But I think that's mainly cool. she actually like plants and grows real amazing food. So does she give them to you? Yes. I mean, I try to be an actual customer and force her to let me buy them. But yes. Yeah. I think that's awesome. It's so good to eat healthy. It is. I'm trying. Play in that dirt. (laughs) Well, Katrina, this has been so awesome. Do you have a final word of encouragement or advice or just some kind of loving word that you want to pass on to all of us as we kind of head into our week? Yeah, Jen, I um, actually have a verse that I'd love to share with your listeners. Please do. And it's Philippians 1, 6. And it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I hope that encourages everyone because it certainly encourages me that the work that God has started in me through Jesus, he is going to finish it. He's going to finish it. So I don't have the pressure of trying to finish something that he started. And so, you know, my journey with Jesus will look different from other people's journey. But that's okay because God knows what he's doing and he's going to have the last say. So I just pray that's an encouragement to somebody somewhere out there. Mm, It really is such a great reminder. Thank you so much, girl, for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Well, like Katrina so beautifully reminded us, we simply cannot create our own perfection and attempt to lay it at Jesus' feet. Y'all, His perfection is enough. So let's have the courage to believe it. Guys, as always, you can find the resources mentioned in the conversation notes. You can join our email list at genjil.com. You can subscribe in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And when a new episode's ready, it just comes magically straight to your phone. You can join us and continue the conversation on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. And more than anything, please feel free to share this life-giving message on social media or with a friend. Again, thank you. Thank you for meeting us in this ordinary space. And as you get back to your people and your places, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess. Mm -hmm.